afternoon, Greater Philadelphia. Um, you are listening to Tool Time Real Estate Radio. I'm Sarah Timon. This is Stacy Mitchell. We've got Nick behind the camera. Tom's uh, stuck in a little bit of traffic, so he'll be joining us shortly. Uh, we are on WWDB 860 AM, streaming live on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And we work for the Tom Tool Sales Group. Um, and I think we're going to kind of kick off here today with um, a segment that is called Strategies for Working with Difficult Clients in Real Estate. <laughs> You've never had difficult clients, no, have you, Sarah? No, never, never. <laughs> Every transaction is just smooth just sailing. Just super smooth. <laughs> of course, of course. So we're going to go over about five different points that this uh, article brings up for uh, working with some different difficult clients and, you know, how to kind of get around that. Um, we've all had situations where things have kind of run awry during a transaction, um, whether it be, you know, stuff that's kind of out of your control once you're already under contract or even just that getting to the point of of getting under contract and um, an executed agreement of sale. So um, we'll kind of just run through these with you. Stacy's going to kick it off with number one. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand that real estate transactions are very stressful and it's emotional roller coaster ride for most buyers and sellers and especially given some different situations maybe some people are going through a divorce um, relocating if you have small children I mean there's so many variables uh, to each and every transaction that makes it very unique so where we think that sometimes it starts out uh, very amicable and things are going smooth (laughs) Right. There's always a wrench that could come flying in from left field. And you, right. You don't even see it happening. Um, and it could really things t- turn things upside down. So as agents, I mean, it's really, really important that we keep our emotions in check. Oh, yeah. Like we cannot get that emotionally involved mm-hmm. and tangled up because uh, your, your clients are going to do that for you. Right. So right. we have to keep a level mind, a level business head and try to keep everybody on even keel as much as we possibly can. Absolutely. But to help through these situations, there is five points. So the first one is understand the current economic conditions. So I think as agents, it is our job to have a keen understanding of the local real estate market and the impact it has on buyers and sellers. So when we know the market and we understand it, uh, it is one of the biggest pain points for our clients. So the more that we can convey the information and the more confident that we can exude, mm-hmm. I think that's going to really calm them down. So we, it's very important that we know the available inventory, how much competition buyers and sellers may encounter. That's their first question for the most part, right? You know, how many offers do you think this is this house is going to have? Right. And for sellers, it's it might be, do you think my house is going to sell? Sure. So there's real, real stress situations that both buyers and sellers are encountering. So in 2023, our clients might feel the pain of an inflated economy and soaring interest rates. And mm-hmm. we do hear that all the time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Houses, this house is overpriced. These interest rates are, are way too high. When I'm going to wait till they come down. So that can make affordable affording a home, challenging for buyers. So automatically they're very stressed. If they realize that their payments are going to be outside what they initially anticipated because of the interest rates, or they realize they can't afford the house that they used to a couple of years ago. So um, that might be challenging for buyers. And it may cause sellers' homes to sit on the market if sellers are too aggressive and they try to capitalize on the market a little bit too much and overprice their homes. Exactly. And that would be stressful for them if they have to bring down their purchase price or accept a lower offer. But we have to be honest with our clients and we have to be, you know, we have to be real about the pitfalls that they may face in today's economic climate. Um, Use our connections to help the buyers get the best interest rate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know that we work with our premier lenders uh, and it's really nice to be able to you know, refer them to our clients. We know that they're in good hands. We know that they're going to get the best rates. Uh, And with sellers, we should help them set a price that's going to give them a solid profit. But it's also going to 
uh, attract the most competition. Right. So that they don't have to do a price adjustment because that's the last thing they want to do. Right. You know, that's that's never (laughs) a a fun conversation. (laughs) Right. So that's one of the things I think if we understand the current economic conditions, um, we're going to be able to navigate and help our clients the best through this market. Absolutely. And I think also like letting them know, like we understand, like there are some difficult um, obstacles and hurdles that we need to overcome to ultimately get in the house and like, you know, empathize for that, but then guide them for like what needs to be done to get it. Absolutely. Yep. Um, The next point that was brought up here is no today's market. So the pandemic has left a lasting impression on homebuyers and what they want today differs from what they wanted back in 2019. So with many Americans working from home full time or in a hybrid arrangement, buyers are looking for housing that provides ample workspace in addition to room for day to day living. Um, Clients working from home won't be lured by close proximity to the office, which What's interesting here, like, I feel like pre-2020, it wasn't unusual for, um, let's say, a couple to want an office. Do you find that now you need to be accommodating two offices? Yes. Right. Yes. So it's like you're looking at bedroom size and be like, all right, one of these can be an office and then maybe like in the basement, if it's a finished basement or something, okay, and we could set up another workspace here. Mm-hmm. Or in some of the homes that have not attics like the you know, you pull it down out of the ceiling and climb up the (laughs) ladder, but like the stairs that go up, if it's, you know, maybe the ceiling height isn't huge and it wouldn't normally have been a space that would be utilized so much, but all of a sudden, like I've had it happen many times where it's like, you know what, this could be, this could be one of the offices or for, you know, a lot of times people also have that schedule where they're, you know, going in a couple days a week and working from home a couple days a week. So I certainly see the office space being, being a factor like times two. (laughs) I agree. Yes. That happens more often than not these days. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so then in turn, competition can be fierce for homes in quiet neighborhoods where employees won't be disturbed while on conference calls, which Mm, yeah, that's yeah. Very Mm -hmm. true. Except when the doorbell rings because your Amazon delivery came. (laughs) Oh, I know. And then the dog starts going nuts and it's like, just leave the package at the door. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Don't ring the doorbell. (laughs) Um, And then other clients may want more space to accommodate hobbies that they picked up during the pandemic, during Mm -hmm. the pandemic. So you can win over a client with a green thumb by identifying properties with ample room in the yard for a garden or one with plenty of windows to nurture houseplants. Um, I mean, I didn't really pick up gardening too much during all. I mean, I just I do not have a green thumb like if it's (laughs) yeah, it has to be a really hardy hardy plant to make it around me. <laughs> <laughs> I've had clients though that do want space for a garden, even mm. if they have to do container gardens or um, even for chickens. Oh, I've had people want room, you know, to, to have chickens. That's fun. Um, I have a new client that's looking specifically for a pond. Like they want Ooh. a pond. To put like, like fish sure. in or? Yeah, I cool. guess to put fish in and just to be able to build out the pond just yeah. have that, you know, that view. Nice. Uh, so that was interesting. And also, um, you know, some clients picked up like woodworking mm-hmm. or they need uh, like a little music studio where sure. they can play their music. So it's it's been really fascinating to learn. People are very creative. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not me. But, <laughs> but they're, they're <laughs> there's a lot ones. out there. They're out there. <laughs> then we also have uh, energy efficient homes. Um, they are no longer a premium amenity. After experiencing the inflated energy costs, many of today's buyers are looking for homes that reduce their expenses. So buyers are also looking for homes with smart features that allow them to access their home security and energy settings from a mobile device. Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like I see that, but I don't know that that's really, like that's something that you can easily add to your house. I feel like at Mm -hmm. least like the getting the app and like, Thinking stuff. Um, I mean, you have to have like a smart system that can do it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah some that's... people are are definitely looking for things like that, or, or maybe solar panels. Sure, you know. Um, but I know I run into folks who are very opposed to oil heat. They yes. would rather have gas or mm-hmm. even electric, the high efficiency electric. Right. Um, so I have run into to buyers that are interested in in no oil. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if that falls under energy efficient or just a preference of heating your home in this in this area. I don't right. know, but same thing. Yeah, no, I've mm-hmm. I I am. It's not unusual to have I like to have clients that are 
they see it's oil heat and they're like, eh, cross it. Yeah. And you know what? I've also had clients who, if there's a home that has geothermal mm-hmm. heating and cooling, that was one of the big appeals to yeah. them was that type of, yeah, very yeah. efficient uh, system. Do you Which, come across many of those? Not many. Yeah, I've come no. across them before, but it's not mm-hmm. not like regularly. Yeah, it's. I think in lieu of um, an oil system, mm-hmm. people can turn to that. Okay. Um, I don't know if as I think the setup for that is a little bit more expensive. Okay. But in the long term, it's yeah. going to be way more efficient. Okay. From that's my understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So number three to help our clients through these. Uh, uh, difficult situations here, we should screen our clients better, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's ask questions. Yes. And let's listen to what our clients are telling us, right? So as we grow our customer base, it is tempting to say yes to anyone who contacts us, right? I mean, we've all done it. Mm-hmm. You know, we jump through hoops. But taking on every client isn't always the best strategy for our business, right? I mean, sometimes we feel like we have too many clients. We get a little bit bogged down. Right. So we should do research mm-hmm. to see who is at, you know, like the, the top, who sure. has risen to the top and who's ready to transact. So do research before meeting a client. Ask a few smart questions. I know that we ask more than a few smart questions, but we really should find out and understand their situation and learn whether, you know, we are the right agent for the job. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have somebody who comes in inbound lead and they're looking for something in Philadelphia area, I know I'm not the right agent for the job. Sure. So I would do them a better service by referring them to someone else on our team that does the Philadelphia area. So I think it's really, really important to find out what the goals are for your clients. Um, If your area of expertise is working with empty nesters and retirees in the suburbs, uh, you may find it challenging to meet the needs of young professionals who want to buy a condo downtown. I agree with that 100%. Right. Like kind of it's good to it's great to uh, be able to handle all types of different situations. But certainly if there's something kind of outside of your your lane, mm-hmm. um, you always do want to do right by your client and make sure that they have the, you know, the best the best person that can help them get there. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, have you ever had it happen where you've been working with a client where it was very much something that was in your lane and then their needs changed a little bit? And like at this point, you've already been working with them for a while and then it kind of pivots to something that maybe you don't have quite as much experience in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we're, we're get, seeking the advice of somebody else on the team or, right. or, I mean, just in general, they might look outside of your area in a different state. Mm-hmm. I know oh, yeah. we're fortunate. We have team members that are licensed in you know, Delaware and in New Jersey. Right. So um, we can pivot to those. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had that happen before. Because, I mean, yeah, some of our, I feel like it happens more with, like, PA to Delaware than PA yes. to Jersey. Because, like, that line right there, yeah, like, people will be, mm-hmm. you know, you think it's all PA, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Delaware. <laughs> I'm going to look in Delaware. Texas look a little cheaper. Yeah, you know? so it is nice being able to, uh, to yeah, just to have that and be have able to have it on the team. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. really, I mean, how awesome is that that we can refer to a team member? Right. Instead of having to call somebody who might or might, you know, be a stranger. Sure. So I think that really it it gives trust to our clients too. They you know, they trust us more because they know that they're in good hands. Right. Right. Um but in these cases we might benefit from referring the client to another agent. Yeah. Yes. See, that's what we we're just talking about. Um and with luck, that agent could reciprocate and send future clients. And I, I know that works in our office, too. Right. right. So I think that knowing the situation as, as much as you can, do do your research, do information gathering. Um, this way, it's going to, you know, you're going to present best to your client and you're going to be able to help your clients best. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, The next point that they bring up is to pay attention to subtle hints. So I do feel like so much is said uh, or happens between the lines, you know, like it's not just what they say. It's you really have to kind of like be able to to feel what's going on and pick up what's not being said. So when you're talking to your clients, listen to what they say, what they don't say and how they say it uh, by staying tuned in to clients comments and mannerisms. You can understand their greatest concerns and identify solutions that put them at ease. As you are out with some of these different clients, especially as you get to know them, you can pick up like the body language. Like you can tell right away if they're even if they don't want to like say it, like you can tell there's something going on there. 
Um, so perhaps your client is a first-time buyer who wants more room. Um, that could mean that they're looking for a house with multiple bedrooms to accommodate their growing family, but it could also mean that maybe they want more of an open concept home with plenty of space for entertaining. Um, so I guess, yeah, just like, don't kind of jump to your own assumption of what something means. Dig a little bit deeper to make sure you're hitting the point. And they might not even know how to explain that type right. of house. They sure. just know what they like, but yeah. they don't know how to convey the information. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when you understand exactly what your client's looking for, you can identify homes that are more likely to meet their needs. That can save you time, hassle, frustration of touring properties that your client won't like. Yes. Like you always, it is good to get some feedback. Like you're going to see some that they don't like, and then you can take that and know for future ones. But the quicker that you can kind of narrow that down, uh, you're just kind of saving everybody's time. I agree. And the other thing too, you know, I always try to make, make sure that my clients know, look, you, you're not going to offend me. If you don't like a house, right. Tell me. Yeah. It's I, no not my house. on my back. Yeah. It's not my house. You're not going to offend me. I don't right. care. Yeah. You have to like it. Right. Don't worry about what I think. Absolutely. You know, I, we've driven up to a house and never even walked in the door Yeah, because they don't like it. Yeah. Right. Like, and then no, it's kind of like, go. why even go through? If yep. you know it's a no, it's a no. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like buyers value their time uh, when they're ready to make a purchase Use digital signature software to make the process of signing a mountain of paperwork fast and efficient. Yes, especially like a lot of times, like you'll be out at a showing, you're putting together the numbers and stuff. I mean, how often are you putting together offers at like 10 o'clock at night? Like, yes. and you have to get it in to make sure that it's going to have the opportunity to uh, to be reviewed and presented. So yes, uh, thank, thank God for digital signatures. I love that. That's like the best thing. And yes. it's everybody's more used to it now since COVID. Mm-hmm. It's just become the standard. So right. it's like the best. Yes. Okay. And uh, number five, be prepared for emotions. Oh, yes. Buying and selling a home is one of the largest transactions, right? Most people are going to make in their lifetime. So it's filled with emotion for the good and the bad and the ugly. So it's going to be an emotional process. Um, You know, you don't know if sellers have, you know, they're selling a house or downsizing and they've been there 40 years. Yeah, a lot of memories. A lot of memories. Yep. You know, it, it's hard for people to part with that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very emotional for them. So we have to be mindful of that. Um, and a first-time home buyer has can have anxiety. You know, um, they've saved up all this money. They're going to be clearing out their bank accounts. Yep. <laughs> it's very stressful. They're going to be signing documents. You know, they're going to be committing to something for 30 years. Yep. So uh, a lot of documents they don't understand. You know, it's a lot of paperwork. Uh, it's very stressful. Um, but, yes, we, we totally can help them, you know, by taking some of the stress off, uh, making sure that, you know, we break down some of the paperwork in very easy terms and, and um, p- put them in the right direction. Like, you know that the title company is going to explain a lot of the documents at closing. Mm-hmm. So let them talk to the title company, right? Yep. Let them talk to Kelly. That's who we work with a lot at TA. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great at you know, breaking it down so simply absolutely, uh, for our clients. And it just makes them feel so much better. Um, but we can, we can definitely give them comps, help them help educate them on the home values and the benefits of building equity over time. Cause absolutely. it's so vital. Yep. So, and we already talked about how, why clients can be emotional for personal reasons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Empty nesters preparing to sell their longtime family home. That's a tough one. Yeah. I've had people cry as oh, they're yeah. signing papers. It's, it's very difficult. Oh, yeah. Um, but as long as they know that you're in their corner, mm-hmm. you've got their best interest, you know, you're representing them 150 mm-hmm. percent, that you're going to you're going to cover them at all costs. Um, I think that that really goes a long way and just helping them as much as possible. Be patient and supportive. Yep, absolutely. Um, and also working with clients who are buying and selling a friend or a family member's home. That can be tough, too. You mm-hmm. know, death and divorce. It's very yep. tricky. Yeah. And if oh. you're if you're if you're dealing with a divorce situation and the couple doesn't speak to each other, yeah, it adds a whole layer of fun to the to the transaction. Oh yeah. But, you know, I try to make sure that if if a client is trusting me with information, I'm not sharing it with anybody else. Right. To me confidentiality is is uh, number one, especially if you're in those types of situations. Absolutely. Yeah, you really have to keep everything guarded. Yeah. Mhm. And, uh, and they're trusting you with these things, you know, especially if it is something tense like a divorce. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't take sides. You have to, everything has to just be business. Mm-hmm. And I think that when agents learn how to separate their feelings and their emotions, because your feelings and emotions during these transactions are totally secondary. Right. Um, I think when agents learn how to do that, it's going to serve everybody better. Right. But I mean, we've seen agents get involved, too involved, and they're emotional. And yeah, it's not, yeah, a it good does thing. not make the process smoother. No, no. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. So we've got, um, I think those are all good, good points. Certainly we, we all have experience where emotions get heightened throughout the the transaction, but I think just open communication, listening and guiding, uh, will ultimately get them to, to the finish line. And we've got Tom here. Awesome. So on that note, we'll take a quick break and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the fed meeting. We're going to talk about What's going on with some of the large real estate companies through Q1? Uh, great job, ladies. Sarah and Stacy. I don't think you need me next week, so I'll, <laughs> I'll free up my schedule. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX main line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool.com. Sell your home for more, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. She's Stacy Mitchell. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018, number 11 in the country. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So the Fed met last week, ladies, and... Probably one of the better meetings they've had in arguably, I, I mean, at least definitely this year. I mean, maybe since, I don't know, 2021, 2020. What ended up happening was right after the meeting, we saw mortgage rates kind of decline and dance around a little bit. Today, they're coming in at six and a half on a 30-year fixed. And it seems like we've got some stability in the market after the Fed meeting. So what have your reactions been? What have your clients' reactions been now that that's in the rear view a couple days and we're seeing a market where things aren't so volatile day to day. It's every data piece isn't making the market move. We're, we're seeing some stability, which I'm hoping and I'm clear that buyers and sellers have been yearning for for the past 6, 12, 18 months. Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, buyers and sellers are still saying, I wish it was lower, obviously. Of course, you know? yeah. But um, I've really just been trying to hit on like stability is a good thing. And, you know, obviously we're not getting back to those uh, super low, super low numbers that we saw back, uh, I guess, two years ago now, year and a half ago. Um, but to kind of like embrace the rate that we've that we've got now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be at the normal rate mm-hmm. for a while, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's it's solid. Um, it is a little bit more predictable. So if somebody is looking, you know, it, it takes them three or four months. They know it's not going to, you know, 
be all over the place. It's going to be more steady. Um, I had a rate come in over the weekend, 5.99, so mm-hmm. really? below nice. 6. They were a little yeah. lower towards the end of the week. Yeah, so that was that was a surprise. Um, so I think that the buyers are they're feeling a little bit more optimistic. Um, obviously, the stress of um, the you know the inventory is, is still there. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's be real. There, we put an offer, and there was eighteen other ones um, on a home this weekend. So that's still in play. But at least you know there's some peace of mind with the interest rates and the stability that that brings. So I think overall, um, and buyers are the ones that I'm talking to that aren't really in tune with the everyday up and down, up and down in the interest rates. I think they were very surprised to hear that they're still in the low sixes, which is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 you know, we knew that 25 basis point interest, uh, federal funds rate hike was coming. That, that was pretty clear that they were very clear that we're going to see a 25 basis point hike. That's where all the predictors had them going. What I found more impactful from the Fed meeting was the commentary afterwards, because the past couple, like they've said things like, oh, well, we're going to do this, but hey, we're in a lot of trouble or like we're going to we're going to monitor inflation. And and what they basically said was we're going to let this play out a little bit. We're going to stop raising rates, at least for the short term. We're going to allow the market forces to work their way through, which is what a free market is supposed to do. And Jerome Powell was, I think these are the best comments he's made in a while. He didn't sound like a, like a maniac that was trying to crash the economy. Um, we still got this jobs market that, that that's very strong. And, you know, they, they also were clear that we're not going to see any, like, future rate hikes, at least for the short term, or declines or decreases. There was some rumors of that going on as well. So as we, you know, head into basically the second half of the year, I mean, we're, we're right around the halfway mark of the second quarter. Um a lot of people are saying, well, as a result, the housing market's moving slower this spring. In a typical year, we'd expect to see the number of homes for sale begin to increase more significantly, according to an economist at Realtor.com. And now that we've got this stability, which people have been yearning for, what do we see happening the second half of the year? I, this is not going to be the same. There's a seasonal flow to the market for sure. Um, are we going to see the spring market take longer to materialize or we're going to see inventory continue to creep up we've already seen days on market rise 17 days compared to last year the average days on market right now is 47 nationally and that's up again 17 days from from last year so that's a, a roughly a 50 percent increase are we going to see more of that what do you guys see happening in the market post july 4th because right now i, I to your point we're still going to see these multiple offer situations stacy we're still going to see the best homes sell quickly i'm curious what happens after this sort of seasonal rush post June 30th? I think personally it's going to continue. I think there's, uh, you know, there's still plenty of buyers that want to buy. They have a real desire and a real motivation to get their homes this year. I don't think they want to wait until next year. They want to make sure, you know, with the stability of the interest rates, because we don't know what's going to happen next year or even, you know, towards the end of the year. Um, but I think there's a real drive for these folks to uh, continue with their efforts to secure their homes. So I think it's going to continue. I think we're going to have a really strong summer into fall. Yeah, I agree. I think that listings are going to continue to come to the market here post 4th of July. Like, I don't think that we're going to like mm-hmm. the 4th is going to come and then there's going to be just like complete dead zone. Um, I think they're going to continue to kind of like trickle in. I don't think that we're going to see any big like boom and then stop. I think it's just going to be you know, kind of continually adding to the to the mix. I, I'm clear we're going to see the same because what 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 I have said before on, on the show here and, and what, what we're kind of seeing happen is that so the sellers aren't necessarily afraid of like 6%. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of what if rates go up another point after I sell my home? We're already at three or four. What if they're going to get to seven? Are we going to see that happening? And with, with how strong the jobs market is right now, and this is something that you know, it seems like the Fed was trying to really, like, bring that unemployment rate up, and, and they didn't really talk too much about that after the meeting. It was more about we're going to continue to fight inflation, 2% still the target, although they, they calmed they down their three. rhetoric. <laughs> well, they said three. You're right. I mean, and and I, I think they're, they're realizing that the fight against inflation is going to take time. Mm-hmm. And with that, uh, you know, because it you, you still have these people that are that are trying to get into homes – 
it's the sellers that are the ones kind of slowing down the market because they also have to buy. And remember, baby boomers are still the number one buying population that's out there. So they're okay with six. It's that seven number that scared a lot of people. And the stability we've seen, because we've seen these rates now for a good 30, 45 days, between like six and six and a half. Like you saw the low end over the weekend, Stacey. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen them go past that all year. I mean, 599 was like the lowest number. So with this stability, my hope is that people are going to be able to actually like plan things out. They're not going to be in this fever pitch like, I got to make a decision. And when that happens, it leads to better decisions coming to the market and people really focusing on their motivation. So... Are we going to see more homes hit the market? You guys kind of mentioned it. I'm so. looking for I a yes so. or no. Yes, yeah, I think so. Explain. Um, I mean, I think they're going to just like continue to kind of trickle in. Um, I think, you know, inventory, it is taking a little bit longer for, you know, things are sitting on the market. Again, home dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, but the combination of those two things, um, yeah, I think, I think we should be in a, a good position that does extend beyond the 4th of July. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, I mean, it's it, 2023. It's an odd year, right? Next year is an election year. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a year. It's yeah. going to be like. I don't know when we're going to have knows? a normal year. Right. It's like, <laughs> that's a great point. So I think people are like, <laughs> okay, something. this is this is the time. This is the moment. It's kind of like the calm before the storm. Interest rates have, you know, they, they leveled out. They kind of, uh, you know, they're in a good place. And let's make our move. Mm-hmm. Let's make our move. Um, and I think with the jobs market, too, being so incredibly low the unemployment rate um and people have funds you know and they want to get into their homes so i i see i see listings coming to the market i see people uh making that transition making that decision yes let's list the home whether they're going to be full-time in their second house if they're you know baby boomers or they're going to relocate to a warm weather friendly uh uh state um but i think they're gonna they're definitely going to do that I, I do anticipate, I mean, the, some of these people have been delaying moving so long that there's not going to be an option anymore. It's going to get to a point where, where they just have to do it. Now, the flip side is we also saw the highest number of homes ever sell in 2021. So a lot of those people probably would have transacted last year and this year or even maybe beyond, but they took advantage of those lower rates, and that created the fever pitch that we saw. And with some of the federal uh, you know, reaction to we're going to bring rates down to zero, and then we're going to put all this cash in the economy, it, 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 that, that's where things got wonky. Uh, so I, I'm in agreement with you, and I, you know, what I see the Fed doing here, my hope is they're just going like, to let this play out, mm-hmm. and we don't see a rate hike at the next meeting. Um, and let's kind of look at what the odds are here. I love looking at this uh, FedWatch mm-hmm. tool that's online because it really gives a good idea like what the market's feeling um, which and we don't have another meeting for 35 days. So right now they're saying there's an 83.4 percent chance there is no increase um, at the next meeting and only a 16.6 percent chance of another 25 basis points. And if that happens, the market I would imagine will will look at that very favorably. Mm-hmm. So do we see interest rates coming down based on this, or do we see interest rates kind of holding where they are for the short term? What, what what's your take on that, knowing all the economic data here and everything we've looked at? I. I was hopeful when I saw that 5.99. So, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to come down dramatically by any sense. But, um, you know, they could dip into the fives, into the high fives again. And um, I just remembered I wanted to say something because COVID is officially over on the 11th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that Big might day. have, yeah, so people might feel... You know, they might feel okay. Great, finally, we're, we're, we can move on. Maybe right. that, maybe that's holding some people back. Right. You know, they still have that thought that mm-hmm. it's still, you know, we're under this emergency, um, but it's going to end on the 11th. So that might bring some relief to some folks too. Yeah, I think they're going to kind of just dance around where they've been. I think we're still going to be like lower sixes, like maybe for some people you'll be able to dip into those upper fives. Mm-hmm. But um, I think for at least the next few months, um, I, I'm i thinking like that like 6.375-ish mm-hmm. range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see them going higher than where they are right now. I mean, today's six and a half is kind of like a high number. Um, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, there, there's talk of maybe like fives by the end of the year. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Right. We're going to have to let this – really play out here and uh and 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 let the economy kind of kind of take hold and and to your point Stacy I think the exciting thing is is that you know we're, I'm I'm there's that there's that uh 
there's that theory about inflation, right? That we're going to see that when the rental data really catches up, which is usually 18 months lagged, and shelter's been such a big part of that, that that could bring inflation down a bit later in the year. Um, and looking at, you know, kind of the economic outlooks here, they're looking at the 2023 U.S. unemployment rate going up to 4.5% from the current 35 that we're seeing. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the the Fed projects core inflation to be at 3.6% this year, which is above 2 but it's a lot lower than where it was. Mm-hmm. My, my hope is they're starting to see this stuff kind of work, and it's going to allow them to let the market play out a bit. And I, I think that's going to be super, super important. So to wrap this up, what's the opportunity here, buyers and sellers? I mean, and just to be clear, the Fed doesn't set mortgage rates. It's always based on the 10-year treasury bill. I feel like we got to say that every week um, and every time we, we talk about this. So if you're advising someone right now and they come up to you and they say, hey, hey, Sarah, I know we've been looking at homes for a while. Hey, Stacy, I know we've been kicking this idea around. What does the federal reserve meeting mean for me what kind of advice are you giving sellers and buyers right now i think for for buyers i'm stressing well for both i'm stressing that the stability is good um if you find for buyers if you find the home that that makes sense that works within your budget this is the time to do it um there's not you know you're you're not like right on the um the cliff of like some major dropping in rates or like you're not making a bad move by doing it now, you know, by waiting, you might be. (laughs) So I'm just kind of like encouraging that uh, the stability of what's going on is, is a good thing. Um, And for sellers, you know, I'm also letting them know, I mean, along the same lines, like this is a nice even keel number uh, that can kind of, that can work. So Mm -hmm. we don't know what will happen down the line. Um, But we know that right now we're steady. I have to agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yep. For sellers, it's, it's you know, again, I'll go back to, you know, people were shut in a couple of years and to Tom's point about some sellers that now they, they have to sell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's well, it's getting let's long say they in the were, game here. Let's say they were downsizing, right? And, yes. you know, a lot can happen in two years with your health, right? A lot right. can happen in two years with just getting sick of maintaining a property. Yep. And it, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a long time. Like, it, it feels like this, like, 2020 market was, like, yesterday. I don't know. I mean, you guys were right there. We were doing this together. It, it doesn't seem like that long, mm-hmm. but it's also three years ago. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of a weird thing. I feel like we've been in, like, a, like a time capsule. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree with that, yeah. But I think sellers, like you said, they're, and I talked to one this morning, you know, they just don't want the maintenance of their home anymore. And mm-hmm. she said it is time. You know, she she wants to start the process, and she, she was very happy she even made the phone call. Yeah. And that starts the process. Right. And it's filled with questions and emotions. They've been in their house a long time. The husband has health issues. So, yes, for some sellers, now is the time. Right. And you know? they certainly could be leaving money uh, on the table or not netting as much as they potentially could if they're not able to keep up with maintaining that property yes. and things start to go into disarray. Like, you're just mm-hmm. you're yep. just losing dollars at that point, both with um, – you know, the appearance mm-hmm. and like the longer that you're going, then that the mechanicals have been like, if you've been thinking about doing this for a couple years, mm-hmm. well, now all of those major systems are a couple years older. That roof yep. is a couple years older. Like yes. not that it means that there's necessarily a pressing problem with it right now, but I know I look at those seller's disclosures and say, mm-hmm. all right, when was this put in? When was this serviced? You know, and that date matters. And the further mm-hmm. you get away from that date, the more um, uncertainty there is there. Correct. Yep. I mean, you, you went through this, right? I mean, you, I mean, I, I did the same thing, and it was literally like, hey, you got to get this roof replaced in a couple of years, and guess what? Like, the time hit, and that, that was it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in agreement, and, and what I would caution sellers against is don't be the last one to the party. This happens all the time where sellers tend to be the last ones to know that the market shifted, and buyers tend to be the first ones to know that the market shifted. And some people are already thinking that, and we've had to reeducate a lot of folks. So my hope is that we're going to see the stability continue. Stability would, would be a very nice thing in the market because we haven't had really stability since 2019. So if this stability continues, as I'm a seller, I'm looking at, I better really get serious about selling my home now because if inventory continues to climb up and affordability stays where it is, the demand's going to wane at some point. And we, we don't know when that's going to happen. 
Um, and I mean, there, you know, a lot of people, there was an article I read, 72% of renters feel like home ownership's like unattainable right now. So you've got that to one issue. And if I'm a buyer, I'm not waiting around much more because the, the people that have waited have lost out on like tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity. And I'm looking for the right home I can live in a long time. And that's what buyers really should be focused on. It's not, hey, I'm going to buy this place and live there three years. You're probably going to take a, a little bit of a hit on that unless you bought it 2020 and are selling now. Like that's the only time I've really seen that work out. It's the, it, it's more of, okay, rates are at a normal rate. It's, you know, we're starting to see maybe there's some opportunities in the market with homes that have been sitting on the market, maybe some, some opportunities there. And can I live here the next 10, 12 years? That's the number one question that buyers need to be asking themselves and stop trying to time the market because that, that, that ship has sailed. All right. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We are going to talk about how major real estate companies fare during this volatile first quarter and what that means for agent businesses next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. And we've got Nick behind the camera. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018, number 11 in the country. And we are streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group and give us a like and a follow and all the appropriate actions on social media. They're all different. So first quarter was a little rough for a lot of people, ladies. Is that fair to say? What were you feeling in the first quarter with your businesses? (sighs) The groans say it all. It's it's a slugfest out there, basically. Mm -hmm. It's like... You know, getting our butts kicked here and there. It's like just dodging, like, things coming at you. So, yeah, yeah that's what I felt like, a slugfest. Yeah, I feel like it's it, it was definitely taking, like, the lead up, like, getting anything done took longer. Although I did, like, earlier on in the year have some rollover things that had been taking longer in Q4. So Q1 actually started off, like, you know, kind of rolling a little bit, but because you know, for me, the end of Q4 was a little sluggish as well in part. So it was like some rollover coming mm-hmm. from that. But yeah. 
Love it. All right. So that that's kind of the feeling a lot of people had. And the breaking news here, we know that one out of five agents have never sold uh, have only have only sold homes in a down market. So you got twenty percent have only dealt with a market like this out of all the agents that are out there. You got into real estate late twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Your first first quarter in real estate was twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You got into real estate in 2020, so your first first quarter in real estate was 2021, both of which were banner years. And, and 2020 was interesting because the market heated up a lot sooner, and then the pandemic happened, and because there was all that millennial demand that was out there, um, and they were really driving the economy. So what a lot of agents aren't realizing is that this was kind of a normal first quarter. Um, we had a mild winter, right? Everyone thinks it's because of the cold weather. Well, we, we didn't have any snow this year, so mm-hmm. you can't blame that. And, and what, we, what we saw happen was other major companies also saw a sluggish first quarter because of the lukewarm economic conditions and the housing market kind of going back to the seasonal flow. So Zillow, for example, revenue sank, losses rose. The, Zillow, you know, the portal giant, right, the, the, the biggest name in real estate. And, the, um, you know, if you look at the they, – they were down 13% in revenue in 2023 for the first quarter of 23 compared to the first quarter of 2022 and they lost 22 million dollars no insignificant amount yeah wow (laughs) excuse the double negative um we also saw anywhere you probably don't know who anywhere is they used to be realogy they own cobalt banker century 21 it was a rebrand they lost 138 million dollars in the first quarter and their revenues were down 31 percent um, Remax, who we all work for, saw saw revenues decline in the first quarter as well. And and the whole point of this is that this is the market that we're in. And a lot of agents should take note that it's not just your business. It's not your real estate practice, Stacey, or your real estate practice, Sarah, or our, our team. It's this is happening everywhere. So how do you prepare to have a profitable year a strong year in the face of these challenging economic conditions and what a lot of agents tend to do and what i found is they don't they don't know their numbers right they don't look at okay how much money am i making this year where's the business coming from and what's working for me and how do i do more of that now both of you two are having banner years i know the numbers we're not going to go over them for obvious reasons what have you done in your business to stay consistent because you're both putting up sales consistently every month you're both meeting with people. Sarah, we were talking yesterday that you're like on the cusp of like you feel like all this stuff's happening right now because of all the work that you've put in. Stacy, I know you feel like that constantly as well. You and you've built a repeatable and scalable business. So what have you done to do that so other agents can hear? Because there's gonna be people that go out of business. There's gonna be people that get out of the business. And I wanna give folks the playbook to have a successful business if they want one, just like the two of you have. Yeah, I mean, I think something that we touch on a lot is like what you do now is what's going to be happening in 90 days. So, you know, always just continuing to have the conversations. And even if, you know, everything's not getting under contract right now, like what's in your pipeline is very important. And, you know, sometimes you'll think that things are going well, things get paused with people. And then all of a sudden, like a couple things re-kickstart at once and that's always exciting but at the flip side of that sometimes you think that more is is going on and basically Mm -hmm. like not that you want to count your chickens but like you think you've got (laughs) like a solid uh something that's really like you know this is going to go under contract soon or this listing contract's getting signed and then it it doesn't so you have to be prepared for all the scenarios and really not alter your business either way regardless of which one's going on if everything's going right it doesn't mean that everything's going to keep going right if you stop For sure. doing what you're doing. And if everything's going wrong, it doesn't mean that necessarily what you've been doing doesn't work. It just, you kind of have to, I mean, yes, evaluate in as like a whole. Like if there's something that never is successful, like, okay, maybe we like, <laughs> we stop doing don't quite that. do that so much. But, um, you know, keep keep doing the things and eventually it'll roll in. Yeah. So, and, and you know, I, I think I think you have an interesting perspective, Sarah, because you've done something that has produced business for you, a lot of business that a lot of agents say they're going to do, but they don't do it consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's door knocking, which I think is one of the harder things to do. It, it, it's right up there with like calling expires, calling for sale by owners. 
outbound calls in general because these people aren't coming to you. You're going to them. Mm-hmm. So, and you, you've taken, I think it's three or four listings at this point. Mm-hmm. All of them have sold except I think one uh, that's not on the market yet. And Stace, I want to jump to you in a second here. How, how is that? How have you been able to turn that into a viable lead pillar in your business? Cause I know a lot of people do it, but they like try it once and they never do it again or they think it's a good idea. So what's your secret been? Honestly, I would say the uh, team member that I do it with, like, hands down, because there's accountability there to, like, keep going and keep doing it, where it would be very easy if it was just me to be like, eh, nobody's going to know if I went today or not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that, like, accountability aspect of it um, is certainly is certainly helpful. And just know, we pretty much do it, like, um, it may vary by, like, a couple hours, but, like, we do it Fridays. And it's, like, a nice way to, like, end the week um well and then then not that weekends are like <laughs> you know just like yeah, off yeah, for yeah. Us, I know what you but mean. like it's a nice you know you get out you talk to people you're outside you're it's kind of like low stress you know um so it's just like a nice way to to round out the week but still be productive so what That's i hear awesome. there is time blocking consistency and follow through mm-hmm. stacy what about you so we got a couple That's minutes here good. You're also ultra um, intentional and consistent with your business. And I know you study what works and what doesn't constantly. What are, what are you doing to do that so you don't fall into the trap of being one of these companies that you do stuff and you're wasting money on or wasting time on? Uh, to Sarah's point about consistency, I see that is like number one. Be consistent with your follow-up, with your clients, um, and be clear with them. I know we had some conversations today about... <laughs> Um, how to be clear with what happens next. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk to people, they don't, they might not know the process, you know, be clear with your clients, tell them how you can help them, what you can do for them. And that you think of, think of me as your number one go-to mm-hmm. for real estate. So if you see a sign out in the yard and you want to, you're, you're interested in that home, call me first. Right. And like, and I want yeah. you to. Yes, like, please. And you're not bothering me. Right. No, like, I want you to. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah, so I think the consistency, know, know how many people you have to talk to daily, which I do. Um, set the appointments. What's your number? Don't be afraid. I have to talk to at least 18 people, if not more, um, and set appointments. Don't be afraid to ask for the appointments, too. Ask to get together. Really connect with people. Don't do it by email. Don't do it by text message. Obviously, when you get to that point in the relationship, you can, but... People do like phone calls and they do like to talk and you can get a lot more information by talking to people than trying to translate through text message. Mm-hmm. Texts and emails create reactions. Phone calls create conversations and you're going and having the conversation at the door. That's why it's so effective. And what I'm hearing a lot of is be proactive. So we're getting played off. That's it for this week's episode. Don't be like those companies. Play offense in your business. That's exactly what Stacy and Sarah are doing. You want to get in touch with them, you can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchco on Instagram. Sarah's at Ty underscore Tie Time. You can follow me at TomTool3RD, all on Instagram. And we're live every single week at 3 o'clock on Tuesdays on WWDB 860 AM.